0: Hey, this is Pastor Ty, and we want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction today. Uh, When you hear this message, we want you to know that we've been praying, and praying that your faith will grow and be encouraged and challenged. And We really want you to know that we we love that you're here. But what would help us is if you would subscribe, rate this, review this, and and share it online. You can also help us by partnering with us. And A lot of people call Cowboy Junction home that attend on our online campus. But when you join us financially, you're really being a part of the team. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at the CowboyJunctionChurch.com backslash give, and uh, that'll help us so much. Uh, thanks again for being here, and hope you enjoy this message. Well, I am honored um, to be able to stand here. I tell you, every time I get the privilege to stand behind this pulpit, that it is truly humbling that Ty would allow me to, uh, to come up here and speak to you guys. And so I just pray that, that you're blessed by the words that the Lord has given me. Uh, today, all of the mothers are going to receive Everybody Always, the book by Bob Goff. Has anybody read Everybody Always yet? Anybody? Just a couple of people. How many know who Bob Goff is? Okay, good. Uh, We got a picture of Bob Goff, if you want to put that up there, Jabin. Uh, He came to uh, Create last year and spoke at our women's conference, and then he spoke... Uh, the Sunday following the Create Women's Conference. And he's just an incredible humanitarian, an incredible man. Uh, His first book was Love Does. That's his organization. Uh, He goes around the world just uh, loving people. And he's just an incredible guy. Um, And he just came out with his most recent book, Everybody Always. And it truly touched my heart that I was like, somehow I have to to put this into my Mother's Day message. And to tell you something cool that happened, Wednesday night, it was about 8.30, and I was finalizing my message. I was sitting on the couch, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to text him and I'm going to tell him, you know, kind of the direction I'm going, that everybody always, it's loving everybody. But how how, do, how how many of us realize that moms don't always love themselves? They're real good at loving everybody, but they're not real good at including themselves in that everybody. And so I told him, that's what I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach on how we we need to realize that we as moms matter. And, and uh, he texts me back two hours later in Afghanistan. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's in Afghan or was in Afghanistan. He's home now, but he was in Afghanistan opening up another school. And it just goes to show you that this man has truly got a heart after serving God and loving others. And I hope you're challenged by the book. It really has um, Uh, minister to my heart so much but it, it also got me to thinking and I've said this if I've said it once I've said it a million times I tell the story about when you get on an airplane the stewardess tells you if the oxygen mask falls from the compartment above you put the mask on yourself before you assist anyone around you everybody been on a plane and heard that before but how many of us know that moms do the complete opposite in life we help everyone else around us and then we find ourselves gasping for air and we're like oh my gosh how did I get here what happened and I want to tell you today that it is okay to take care of you it is okay to say I matter and so today the title of my message is stronger women last weekend I spoke on stronger men and i made sure to let the women know it was not their time to zone out it's the same way for you tonight men you, you have to listen to what's being said because this message applies to every single one of us. And I'll say it again. God's Word, when it is spoken, it doesn't matter if it's being spoken to a teenager. An 85-year-old woman can get something from God's Word because it is, it is alive and it is active. And if you're willing to be good soil, good ground for the Holy Spirit to plant the seed in, you can gain something from God's Word tonight. But before I start, do you all mind one more time if we go to the Lord in prayer and just ask Him to bless His Word? Father, we thank you so much, so, so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that we get to come into your house, that we get to worship you, that we get to listen to your word. We get to pray for one another. We get to care for one another. Holy Spirit, I just pray. I've done this message now three times, but I pray this fourth time tonight, Lord, would be as powerful if not more that your holy spirit would just anoint me that it would be a fresh anointing a fresh word that you would give me wisdom and words that are going to speak differently to the people that are here tonight i thank you lord that you see each one of us individually and you know what they need you know what their heart desires and i pray that if you need to change anything in this message for somebody tonight you would do so i am willing and i'm obedient to do what it is you've asked me to do it's in jesus name we pray and all god's people said Amen. So if you're taking notes, which I see a lot of people taking notes, I love it. I'm a point girl. Like I need points to be able to preach. So tonight I'm going to be fair. Last week we had seven points for the men. Tonight we're going to have seven points for the women. We might as well just keep it even. Okay, so tonight we're having seven points on how to be a stronger woman, and with these points, we're also going to find women in the Bible who are examples of how to live this way. How many know that somebody can tell you how to do something, but when they show you how to do something, you get it so much easier? And so we want to look tonight, the Word of God is not just stories to entertain us. They are stories to teach us and show us how to live out the principles of the Word of God. So we're going to look at that tonight. Number one, stronger women take time for self-care. And like I said, men, you can just forget I said women, and you can say, stronger men take time for self-care. You know, every one of us in life need to do a self-check. If we're responsible for anybody in our life, we have to make sure we're healthy. We have to make sure we're healthy physically emotionally and spiritually and nine times out of ten we're all real aware of our physical being we want to make sure we're fit we want to make sure our cholesterol is good we want to make sure our blood pressure's within the normal range but not too many people stop and take time to self evaluate to do a self-check on their soul and it is so important for us to realize that our soul if it is not healthy will affect the rest of your life judah smith he's a pastor that wrote a book um, a while back called how's your soul On page 135 in the book it says do you want a quiet soul that's me do you want a peaceful spirit then draw lines draw limits create a margin and a buffer for your soul it's so important for us to recognize the limitations in our life and be willing to say no be willing to stop be willing to self-examine and say is this working for me or is it taking me beyond where I need to go? I've shared with you guys my testimony many times before, but I didn't recognize limits. I thought, it, you, you just go, you keep going, you keep fighting. You were stronger when you didn't give up and you, you looked busy and you looked like you were a good multitasker. But my mind and my soul came to a point that it said, no more. And you have to slow down and you have to take a self-evaluation of your life. Many women tell me though, I don't wanna be selfish. You know, don't you sometimes feel selfish if you do something for yourself? You feel like you need to be helping everybody else. But we've got to stop looking at it that way. Just as the oxygen mask coming down below, if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take take care of others. If you're not healthy in your soul, your number one desire to minister and bless and be there for your children and your husband, you can't do it if your soul's not okay. So it is okay to take time and take a look at your soul. I love the story Of Mary and Martha and that's the example tonight we're gonna look at Mary and Martha were two sisters that invited Jesus to come into their home for a meal now Mary she did something that I wish I did more often she went straight in and she sat at the feet of Jesus Martha on the other hand was a lot like me she was busy trying to entertain she was busy trying to cook and get the food on the table The other night we had some couples over for dinner and I literally couldn't sit down and enjoy myself because I was thinking in my mind if I just wash the dishes now that when they leave I won't have anything to do. And I miss out on why they're really there. They're not there to eat my food just as Jesus wasn't there to eat the food of Martha. Jesus was there to let them have an experience with him. But Mary knew what was most important. She sat at the feet of Jesus and let's just read it real quick in Luke chapter 10 38. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You and I have to be okay with saying, I matter. I've got to take a look at how I'm doing. When people walk up to you and say, how are you? You can't just be, I'm okay all the time. I don't want you to, like, dump on me either. You know, we need to be, be kind of careful in how we just share everything. But we have to be willing to be honest and say, you know what, right now I'm not okay. But you know who can help you get there? Our Father in heaven who loves you very much, but you've got to be willing to slow down and do a self-evaluation of your soul. Number two, stronger women are secure in their calling. You know, in life, we experience seasons. Just as there is winter, fall, summer, and spring, it's the same in our own life. We go through seasons, some good, some bad. I told this story yesterday, all three services, so I might as well say it again, even though Clay's on the front row. Clay does not like cold weather. Right, Clay? Doesn't like it. You know why he doesn't like it? Because he has to be out in it. He has animals. I love cold weather because I don't have anything I have to take care of. I get to sit by the fire, drink my hot cocoa, and just snuggle up. Now, Ty, my husband, cannot stand the summer. He hates heat but he's had like 10 heat strokes in his life so heat is not like heat we all have seasons that we don't like but it's the same in seasons in our life you may be going through something right now that you're like i want out of this season but what we have to realize is that every season we go through there is a purpose if fall does not occur new growth cannot come did you hear what i said if fall does not happen new growth cannot come the ground needs to rest in the winter every season of life that you are in right now, we have to ask the Lord, God, why am I here? What are you wanting to show me? In every season, something can be stirred inside of us. Something can be changed. When I was younger and wanted to be a mother, I mean, I I could not wait to have kids. And as soon as I had kids, I could not wait for them to grow up. Anybody else understand me, you know? And then one day I realized I am wishing my life away. Does anybody ever feel like you've done that? Like you can't wait to get here because this seems so hard right now. But we have to be secure in our calling. If right now, in this season, God has called you to be a mother of young children, it may be lonely at times, but you've got to be secure in your calling. and know, this is where God has me, and he's got something for me. And where he's taking me, if I don't get what he's wanting to show me here, I won't be prepared for what he's wanting to give me over there. Every season of life we are in, we have to evaluate it and ask the Lord, God, I don't want to be moved from where I'm at until you prepare me for where you're taking me. Every season of life has a a meaning behind it. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a great example for us to follow. Can you imagine being a young girl? who has just been betrothed to Joseph. You are ready to start the new season of life. You're ready to be married and have kids and and go on a honeymoon. And she gets an appearance from an angel of the Lord that says, you are going to give birth to the Son of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that would freak me out. I would have been like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not happening. But she embraced the season that God called her to. And in Luke 1.38, I want you to see what Mary said. She said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me as you say. Then the angel went away. What if every situation we found ourselves in, whether it was fun or not, whether it was difficult or not, we said to the Lord, I am your servant, Lord. Let this happen to me as you say. God, if I'm in your will, if this is your plan for my life, if, this, if I've given you everything and I still find myself in this season and in this place, Lord, I'm your servant, And if this be what you desire for my life, let your will be. Mary was a great example. She was a great example of being secure in her calling and knowing that for a season, that's what she was to be. Number three, stronger women celebrate one another. You know, we've got to cheer one another on. Pastor Ty talked about this not too long ago, that the world is trying very hard to divide us and to isolate us. We've got to become someone's ladder holder. How many remember Pastor Ty preaching that series, The Ladder Holder? It was one of my favorite messages that he's spoken. And the point behind it, in case you don't remember it or you need a refresher, is there are people in life that want to succeed and are going to succeed and are going to try to climb to higher places. But how many know if you're on a ladder, you don't feel comfortable going higher unless someone is holding your ladder? and that's what we have to do for one another we have to see that someone is on their way up they are succeeding in a in a certain area and we have to be their ladder holders and encourage them and spur them on because there will be a day that God calls you to something higher there will be a day that God promotes you into a different area of life and you pray that there are people that are surrounding your ladder holding it tight so that you can go the very highest spurring you on believing in you we have to be people's ladder holders with social media right now it is so easy to to scroll through and be envious is it only me or do you all do the same thing it's 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 all of us and i find myself scrolling seeing something going on in someone's life that i wish maybe i was experiencing or something that i wish that i had and i realize that there's wickedness in this heart You know and it's like i have to intentionally tell myself double tap that picture on instagram i have to intentionally say go to comment and tell them way to go good job because naturally we want to be the best but god has called us to encourage other people to lift them up when they are doing something that you maybe aren't doing but i promise you god will promote you God will take you to the places that only you desire to go. God will take you to the places that he has planned for your life, and he will surround you with people that cheer you on and support you. But who are you cheering on now? When you are not on the ladder, who are you cheering on, believing that one day that will be you climbing up the ladder? The person we're going to talk about that is a prime example of celebrating someone is Elizabeth. So we just talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus. She gets told by the angel of the Lord, you're going to be with child and you're going to give birth to the Messiah. And she goes to a relative named Elizabeth, who is also with child. She's older in age and she is carrying John the Baptist. And when Mary walked in, John the Baptist, the spirit of the Lord came upon her and John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth jumped. And I love that Elizabeth could have very easily said, girl, what you talking about? You say that you did not have sex and you are pregnant, and you also are trying to tell me, Fabian, <laughs> I love you, Fabian. And you're also trying to tell me that you are carrying the Messiah. The one we've been praying for is coming from you. You're only like 15 years old. How in the world would God choose you? I mean, we honestly, that's kind of what I would do, but that's not what Elizabeth did. This is what she said in Luke 1:43." She said, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? That was the first moment that this baby was declared Messiah. That was the first moment that this child was said he was the king to come. Elizabeth celebrated instead of ridiculed. Elizabeth celebrated instead of shamed and tried to make her feel like she was out of her ever loving mind. We have to be that, too. You may not agree with everything that people in your life are doing. You may not support it, but you've got to celebrate them and who they are. You've got to believe in them. You've got to encourage them. You've got to speak life over them. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Keep it up. Keep encouraging people. Number four, stronger women have vision. You know, mamas are really good at looking at their little turkey children that are covered in mud and seeing something special. When no one else sees anything, the love and the heart of a mama can see what nobody else can see, and I love that about women. My little boy Hudson, hi, last year he got diagnosed with dyslexia, and it's been a struggle. Reading has been, he's doing this on the front row of you. It's been a struggle. Reading has not been an easy thing for him. But what do I tell you every day? I look in your eyes and I tell you, you are a, well, yeah, you're that too. Genius. You're a genius. I tell him every day, you are a genius because I'm not going to let what a doctor says, I'm not going to let what a test says define what my kid is. I see the greatness of him. I see that he is a world changer. I see the heart of gold on the inside of him. And we have to be that for other people. Vision is this. It is faith verbalized. We have to speak life over our family. You may have a wayward child. You may have a marriage that's on the rocks right now. But you have to begin to speak life. Vision is faith Verbalized. It's speaking the word of God even when you don't see it. You have to know it in your heart, and you have to declare it over your family, over your situation, whatever it is that you're going through. Mothers see not what is, but what can be. And we all need to be that way. We all need to see what not, maybe it isn't that way right now, but I know with God all things are possible. And the great example in the word of God for this truth is Rahab. Rahab was a Canaanite prostitute who lived in Jericho, and Joshua and his people were fixing to take over the land, take over Jericho, and he sent some spies in to spy everything out and see what's going to be the best way to go about this. Well, it got word that they were there, and people were looking for them, and Rahab, this Canaanite prostitute, she wasn't, these weren't even her people. She didn't even believe the way that they believed, but she knew there was something different about them. She had vision. And she hid them and said, by me hiding you, when your people come in and take over this land, will you protect my family? And they said, this will be. They came in, they took over the land, and Rahab's family was saved from the destruction of Jericho. And you go on to read that she lived among the Israelite people and eventually came to faith in God. She is even mentioned in the book of Hebrews as a hero of the faith. Some theologians believe that Rahab the prostitute is the same Rahab found in the New Testament who was the mother of Boaz. This would make her the great-great-grandmother of King David, which places her in the lineage of Christ. This woman's faith, verbalized, this woman having vision that her life could be different and being willing to step out and do something that was scary, changed the trajectory of her bloodline. You may look at your life right now and think it is impossible it is a canaanite prostitute let's say this is not possible for anything good to come out of this but when people have vision and speak faith over something it can change the entire destiny of a bloodline as rahab is an example she became one that knew god's people she became one that followed god herself and then she became the lineage of jesus christ Her life was changed because she had vision to believe there was better for her family than where they were at. A woman not of God's people saw how her life could be different, and it was. Number five, stronger women know their limits. There's two parts to this that I want to talk about. Earlier I said we've got to draw lines. We've got to find limits. We do have to limit our activity in life. We often think that to be strong means that we can juggle many things we look at those who master multitasking tasking and we stand in wide-eyed wonderment wow they are amazing you ever look at anybody that they're like you see them working out posting something working out at five o'clock in the morning they're teaching class they're doing this they're raising kids they're going to baseball games and you think I am awful I am lazy they are like incredible people you know you sit back and you think they've got it all together But the fact of the matter is we all have limits and more than likely what we are admiring is organized mayhem. We're probably We're probably observing someone on the brink of breakdown. Okay. If we're going to be honest about it, we have to say, like pastor Ty always says, we have to say a hundred no's for every God. Yes. So many people, like I said, think being busy is what's best, but when you're doing a hundred things, not very well, God is saying, but I've got one thing that I know you can do great. I've got one thing that I've called you to. If you would just say no to those things that are pulling you away, that are keeping you from what my plan is for your life, your life could be different. You know, and right now, that one great thing that maybe God's calling you to is just to love your family well. We think we have to be doing something big. We think we have to be um, making a name for ourselves. We have to be teaching a college class. We have to be going to college. We have to be doing something. And the thing that God may be calling you to right now is just to love your family well. It may be to be an encourager to your husband. What is my calling, God? What are you asking of me? And God's saying, your husband needs encouragement. Well, how long until he gets it? I don't know. Just keep encouraging him. We want to put limits. We want God to tell us, how long do I have to do that? But maybe God's just saying, Just do it. Just trust me. Okay, what else do you want me to do? That's it. How many know that I would rather do what God says than a million things that he's not asked me to do? And what if that one thing was be an encouragement, lift your kids up, whatever it may be. You know, you know what God's called you to we got to know our limits, and we got to recognize the signs of our body and our spirit, like I said earlier. And then the second limitation that we need to have in our life is we need to limit our circle of influence. Limits should not just be put on our activities, but they also need to be put on the people we surround ourselves with. And many times, women, I'm speaking to you for a minute, many times we often feel like it's our job to save the world. It's our job to save every single person That is struggling we're gonna reach out to them we're gonna feed them we're gonna protect them we're gonna bring them in we're gonna do this we're gonna do that but how many know that you can't do it all just like the little boy that's throwing all of the sand dollars into the ocean it matters to the one that God's called you to but when you spend yourself silly trying to save every single person not even that God has called you to you wear yourself out God has specifically put people in your life that he is asking you to be a mentor to Asking you to speak life into it's important to recognize those people who should be in your circle and who is depleting your strength who is sucking the life out of you yet you think they're my mission but God never called you to them God is asking you to choose who is in your circle of influence and the example of that that we follow in the Word of God is Ruth and Naomi I love the story of Ruth and Naomi Naomi is a woman who is married has two sons. Both of them are married, and one day her husband dies. Ten years later, both of her sons die, and she is now left with her two daughter-in-laws. And Naomi turns to Orpah and to Ruth and says, go home. Y'all are young enough. Go back to your families. Marry again. Start life over. You're too young to be with this old woman. Orpah said, I'm going. She went home. Ruth said, no. I'm staying here," she said. Ultimately, you're supposed to be in my circle of influence. She had every reason to go home, but yet she stayed. She knew she was supposed to stay, and her choice of staying with Naomi directed her life to becoming the wife of Boaz, and the great grandmother of King David. Isn't that cool? That she could have gone back home, married somebody else, but she stayed where she knew God had called her. She allowed her circle. She she connected herself with who God had said, this is supposed to be your people. And that's what she said in Ruth 1.16. I will go wherever you go and live wherever you live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. She, connect, she connected herself to the person that God had called her to. Number six, two more. Number six, stronger women pray. I don't know about you, but I wake up every morning with the desire to start my day off in time with the Lord. I desire to spend some time praying. I desire to read the word of God. But this is kind of how it goes. I think, you know what? A cup of coffee or a cup of tea would sure be good with my quiet time. So I go in the kitchen and I start to boil the water. And as I'm waiting on the water to boil, I recognize I forgot to wash the dishes last night. So I start washing the dishes, still waiting on my water to boil. And then I think, oh no, I forgot to move the laundry from the washing machine to the dryer. So I run in there and I do that. I get my tea going and then I decide there's other things I need to be doing. And before you know it, I go back to the tea. The tea is ice cold and I look at my watch. I have no time for prayer now. Anybody else do that? You know, my intentions are great, but I've realized in life that I have to make a decision. If I'm going to pray... I can't let anything keep me from what I know I'm supposed to do but I've also learned this prayer lasts all day long for me prayer is not something that I have to do at a specific time but stronger women will make time for prayer one way or the other Abby said a long time ago I remember her saying she felt the spirit of the Lord come upon her when she was old in underwear I mean God will meet you right where you're at but we have to be mindful of our prayer life into calling calling out to the Lord we have to stop and put first things first. Our mind has to go onto the things of the Lord. And the woman that shows us this is Hannah. She was a Hebrew woman who desperately wanted a child. She desired to be a mother more than anything. And she found her miracle by praying. She went to the temple and she cried out to God. They even thought that she was possibly drunk. And she's like, "It's you know, it's, I'm not drunk. I'm crying out to the Lord in anguish. She, she sought the Lord. She stopped talking to all of her friends and decided she'd go to the one who could actually help her. And how many of us are guilty with that? We spend a lot of our time chattering to someone who can do nothing for us. When God has said, I'm the one who holds the key. I'm the one who knows your future. Come and talk to me. And how often do we do that? There comes a time we have to stop talking to others and we've got to start talking to God. And she caught God's attention and she received her child. Prayer moves the hand of God. And every single one of us need to make prayer a priority in our life. Not a specific time of the day necessarily, but our life is an attitude of prayer and worship. And the last one tonight is stronger women seek wisdom. One more time in case you men have fallen asleep. Men, stronger men seek wisdom. I don't know if you know this, but we're not expected to know everything. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. And many times in life, we feel like we're supposed to have the answers for everybody around us. But it's okay to know in your heart and to speak with your mouth, I don't know everything. And there's two things tonight that I wanna challenge you in your journey towards seeking wisdom, asking the Lord to guide you in wisdom, is number one, We've gotta be willing to admit we don't know everything and ask for help. Every single one of us do. Number two, we have to search for a mentor. Mentors are crucial in life. They say there's two ways to learn, mentors or mistakes. And learning with mentors is so much better than learning through mistakes. We have to be a professional student of life. You gotta look around at the women in your life who are doing marriage right. And jump in their back pocket stop talking to the woman about your marriage issues that is having marriage issues of her own you don't go talk to a man about how to run your business when his business is going through bankruptcy you don't do that you don't do the same thing with your relationship with your husband you attach yourself to people who say I've been married for 50 years or it's gone well In my life or I've raised good godly kids who are chasing after Jesus you get in their back pocket and you learn and you ask questions one of my truest best friends is 82 years old there just came a day that I was like you know what she is amazing she is a rock star and I started going to her house once a week and we would just sit and talk for an hour there was a season of our friendship she got diagnosed with cancer and she needed me more than I needed her and I was able to be there for her And walk through that journey but together we were able to glean off of each other age does not define you and I want to speak to the gray-haired people in the room many times when we get gray we think I've been there I've done that now I'm just gonna coast through until the good Lord takes me on I want you to know this God's not done with your life yet The things that you have experienced, the things that you have overcome, you need to share that with somebody else. You need to find a younger person in your circle of influence and pour into them. Young people, you need to find those people that you realize are doing it well and ask them, would you pour into me? You need to be like a Mary, even though we're not bowing down like we bow down to Jesus, but we sit at their feet and we learn and we say, teach me, show me. How do you have a successful marriage? Because I don't know humble yourself and be willing to say I need help and surround yourself with those people a great example of this was Queen Esther she started out just being Esther an orphaned Jewish girl who was living with her cousin Mordecai and the king of that day got tired of his wife and said I don't want her anymore sent his men out to go look throughout the land and bring all these young girls, dress them up, put lotion on them, fix their hair, and he was going to decide who he wanted to be the next queen. Esther was chosen to be the next queen. And she heard in her position, she was able to hear some news, that the man Haman right underneath the king wanted to annihilate her people, the Jewish people. And it got back to her and her cousin Mordecai came to her and said these very famous words that we often don't realize it was Mordecai who said this. He came to her and said in Esther 4.14 For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai was Esther's mentor she didn't have to listen can you imagine that this is the the thing that happened if you don't know the story the queen was not even allowed to come into the king's presence without him calling for her he she had to have permission she had to be asked he wanted to see her or she could be killed mordecai comes and says you have to go before the king you have to to make this plea you've got to tell him you are jewish and you want your people to be saved she could have very easily walked away and said i ain't doing it but she listened to the voice of a mentor she listened to the voice of someone who sought the face of god and he told her those very famous words for who knows maybe you have come to your royal position maybe you're where you're at maybe you were stripped from your home the only home you knew taken by not by choice into the castle became the queen For just this moment. For no other reason than to save an entire people. And she listened. We need mentors in our life. You may be 80 years old in this room. Find somebody that has wisdom. It's not age. It's someone who has wisdom and lives a life that you say, that's Jesus. I see the light of Jesus in that person. And cling to them. Ask him to pray for you ask him to lift you up tell them you need them to be your ladder holder because you know god is taking you to places that only he can take you find people who will challenge you not agree with you let me say that again find people who will challenge you not necessarily agree with you you may be in a season right now that you're like i like the darkness that i'm living in and i don't want anybody to tell me differently so i'm not seeking a mentor we've got to be willing to have someone speak life into us truth into us challenge us encourage us to help us get to where we really want to be and it's in the light i want to do something like i did last week and i want to have all the women stand up and i want to pray for you so if you would ladies just stand to your feet we're not gonna i'm not gonna have you well you know what there's not a ton of women tonight. Let's do it. Y'all come to the front. Let's get uncomfortable. Little girls, if there's a little girl in the room, I'm speaking to you too. Before I pray over you, I just want to say one more time, I want to remind you that you matter. You matter to God and you need to care about you as much as you care about everybody else around you. Your family needs you. Your family needs you. And if you're not there to be there for them, what good is it? It's okay to take a bubble bath for 30 minutes and lock the door. It's okay to get alone with a girlfriend and go have coffee. It's okay. You matter to God. And you may be in a season right now that you feel like this is yuck i do not like this season but god is not surprised by where you're at ask him god what are you wanting to show me in this season i trust you i need you guide me direct me don't be afraid to say i don't have all the answers don't be afraid to say i am lost right now and confused and i need guidance don't be afraid to go to someone and say will you pray for me Will you teach me will you show me will you speak life into me will you give me wisdom find a mentor if you're struggling all by yourself it's your fault because there are people around you that want to be there for you that love you and want to lift you up but will you let them in let the walls fall down and i challenge you be a stronger woman by praying we gotta women we're real good at this I found myself two times today, I was even driving down the road, repenting and saying, Lord, I'm so sorry. And then I I didn't say amen. It it wasn't two seconds and I was picking up my phone to text somebody and tell them what I thought. I thought, oh, Lord, forgive me again, Lord. Let me call out to you. So it goes both ways. We need friends. We need mentors. We need to call out to people. But there comes a time you got to zip it unless you're talking to the one that can truly help you. We can encourage one another, but He's the only one that can change our situation. He's the only one that can change our heart and guide us to where He's wanting to take us. Can I pray for you? Men, stretch out your hands towards these women, and let's believe for them. Father God, we just thank you for every woman in this room. God, we thank you that they are not here by chance. They're not here by accident. They were here tonight because you wanted to speak this truth over their life. You have a plan for them. Your plan is a good plan. It's to prosper them. It's to give them hope and a future. And Father, tonight I pray that they would be secure in their calling. They would be secure in the season that they're in right now. They would trust you right where they're at. They would have vision for their family. They would begin to speak life. It may not look good right now, but they have vision for where you're taking them. They have faith that they begin to verbalize. There may be faith in their spirit, but they begin to speak it out. So Father, I pray for vision for each and every one of these women. Where there is no vision, the people perish. If there is not vision for your marriage, it will perish. If there is not vision for your children, it will perish. So Father God, give us vision. Give us eyes to see what only you can see. God, surround these women with godly influence. May they not have friends that just agree with them. May they have friends that inspire them. May they have friends that encourage them. May they have friends that say, that is not God's best for you. May they have a heart that is open and willing to hear truth and say, God, turn me. If this is not the the direction you want me to go, send someone in my path that I will listen to and I will turn and run back after you. Father God, we love you. You have created us as women to be tender, to have emotion, to love unconditionally. And my final prayer tonight, Lord, is that these women would begin to love themselves. That they would truly begin to see themselves the way their children see them. They would begin to see themselves the way you see them, Lord. Beautiful, fearfully and wonderfully made called anointed appointed the daughter of the most high god father may we see with your eyes we are the righteousness of christ we need you we're desperate for you and we love you it's in jesus mighty name we pray and all of god's people said amen cowboy junction let's give the lord a hand clap amen amen y'all can make your way back to your seat but guys y'all go ahead and stand up too we don't have to sit down let's stand up we're closing out i just want to remind anybody that if you want to live a stronger life the only way to live stronger man or woman is to follow after jesus If you're here tonight and you would say, you know what, that's the first step I need to take is I need to know Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. We want to help you with that tonight. Pastor Jeff and Abby are going to be over here at our next steps table. And if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior tonight, please don't leave here thinking you can live a stronger life without him in it. If you need prayer for anything, maybe you say, I am saved and I love the Lord, but I'm struggling and you need prayer. They'll pray with you over here as well. Ladies, as you leave tonight, pick up your book. But there's also something else I want you to do. We've got one more picture, Jabin. It's a a woman from one of the tribes in Africa. And uh, she's got her fingerprint on an ink pad. And it's the cover of the book, Everybody Always, you can see it over there in the corner. It's got fingerprints all over it. When you read the story, you'll know whose fingerprints those are and it's gonna rock your world. You're gonna cry. Literally, the last five chapters I read through tears. Okay, so amazing. But the point of the matter is, is our fingerprint shows that every one of us are are unique. You are special. But every single one of us also matter to God. Every single one of us matter to God and together we are better. So as you leave, pick a color, a stamp. If you're not a mother and you're not getting a book tonight, I still want you to go and get your stamp and put your finger on everybody always. And I'm going to send the picture to Bob Goff and tell him that the women of Cowboy Junction matter to God, but they also realize that God loves them right where they're at. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. It's time for us to go love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. We'll see you next week. Have a blessed week.